welcome to the I Don't Know Joe show. I don't know much about Event Sevenfold, but Joe does. Hi, Joe. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so this is a special episode I suggested to you when you started this, and now we're doing it. Excited. I've never been Are you before. I don't know if I know a lot about them, but I do like them a lot. So we'll see if I have anything good to say. <laughs> okay, so should we start with what is Avenged Sevenfold? Avenged Sevenfold is a band that uh, some would categorize as a heavy metal or hard rock band. Um, but they, they've spanned many different genres. Um, they have six or seven or maybe eight albums out. Um, they each sound pretty different from each other. Uh, they were started in the early 90s. Um, or I think actually late 90s. I, I want to say actually, yeah. 1999, I want to say. Um, they're from Huntington Beach, California. And they are one of the largest rock acts in the world. Um, and they're awesome. <laughs> what do you mean by largest? Like popular? Yes. Cool. I think I've heard you describe them as prog rock before. Um, they're, Is that right? Yeah, their their second to last album was uh, prog rock. Um, Which means? Uh, good question. It's like progressive, so um, it, they, they break a lot of conventional rules. I'm not a music theorist, so I can't tell you mm -hmm, specifically... Mm -hmm. um, you know what what rules they're breaking but if you listen to the album it's called the stage uh it, it's it's very dissimilar to all of their previous material um and 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 it's not similar to most classic rock classic metal albums out there there is a genre known as progressive rock or progressive metal or prog mm -hmm. that is uh kind of weird is the way to i would put it um, unexpected sounds, unexpected oh. melodies, uh, unexpected chords, um, that, uh, that worked really well, but, uh, I, I would call it weird. Like uh, at first glance, if you're not in the prog world, if you, if you listen to it, it would come off as weird. So it's still rock, but it's got a little spice. A lot of spice. Okay. So yeah. So, um, listeners joe made me a playlist that i actually made on spotify and we can link it in the show notes of his favorites i At called i called the playlist <laughs> we're gonna call it uh, i called it a joe event sevenfold research did i call it that we don't know but um <laughs> in it was a bunch of the stage and i did notice that it was different it was a little bit electronic um specifically i think the song ordinary is on that that's right? the, that is on their newest album, Life is But a okay. Dream. So okay. there are some elements of prog on Life is But a Dream, but it's really a melding of many different genres, which I guess is prog in it, within itself. But um, yes, yeah, yes, it yes. definitely the had elements of, of electronic music on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I see it, I see it now. The Ordinary and Death, the, the special parentheses in the name. Ordinary, I wrote a note, reminds me of Get Lucky. Yes. You know that song? Yeah. Um, very cool. So yeah, metal's like this whole 
amorphous kind of genre where like I think the bare bones for someone who's not a music theorist like me, like I would say that metal is a band and the sounds are a little more energetic and how would I explain this? I want to say like tinny, but that's not the right word. The, the subject matters are a little darker sometimes. Um, but then you can go in so many directions. Like we have a friend who loves all sorts of metal, but sometimes it's really funky or it is really, you know, electronic or trancey or synthy. Um, I wouldn't, after listening to this, this playlist that you made, I, I would never have guessed that Avenged Sevenfold did this kind of stuff. I really only know them from Bat Country. I have some other random songs on my playlist, like This Means War. Like I have like a bunch of random, but really I would say traditional rock. I didn't know that they really evolved. And you've liked yeah. them through all these iterations. You've, it's always been like your go-to. Yeah, well, I started in the in the uh, backcountry era, so that's mm-hmm. already an evolution because their their prior two albums were um, like hardcore punk and metalcore, so a lot of screaming. Um, I see. And so even like backcountry was already an evolution for them. Um, so that's like that album, City of Evil, is pretty dissimilar to their prior two albums. Um, but yeah, I I came on board around then. Um, and I've, I've been with them throughout, and uh, I'll say that um, I don't know if I was always like a, a super fan, um, but I think that the stage um, was like turned into my favorite album, and, and not even when it came out. I don't think I liked it at first, but I came back around to it. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it's just so deep, and, and their, their evolution has been very uh, inspiring for me, and... Uh, and and it helped in my own evolution um oh tell me more what does that mean um i just like how open they are to exploring and learning things and being comfortable Mm -hmm. with unknown and truth seeking and like questioning things and these are all values i've cultivated within myself um and like as i cultivated them i was like just more and more in love with the music and and vice versa and are you saying the these attributes about them through the lyrics or you're also a fan of the band in the way that you listen to interviews and read things like that and you can see what their values are both um so the the music itself is very meaningful um the the lyrics and and the composition and and how they put things together um it, it it's all quite deep and 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 a lot of their songs have deep personal meaning for me um, but then they, they did add a component, which is the Death Bats Club, which they launched mm-hmm. um, within the last couple of years. Um, and it, it's a fan club that I joined and it, it gives you like direct access to the band. Um, and, and even before that, I, I watched a lot of their interviews, specifically the um, Avenged Sevenfold self-titled album, which is the, the album that I chose for Music Club. Um mm-hmm. They they made a documentary of like how they put that album together, and I I must have watched that like a million times. But <laughs> it was so cool, like actually getting to meet them in person and hang out, and and um, it it feels a lot more personal now, even just beyond the um 
like the the lyrics of the music like uh like when i when i read interviews or or see like you know interact with them on the discord or or see what they're saying even on twitter um it's like oh wow he's listening to the same podcast i am he's using the same meditation app that i am it's it's like it's really cool like to find out that like these people that you've looked up to um are really cool and and share a lot of the same interests that you do yeah it is really cool when you see when you see people as real people. I remember when I watched the Metallica documentary and the Foo Fighters documentary. I just realized they're just dads, yeah. like literally, they're dads who like to play music, and maybe they played music before they were dads, but now they're just. This is just part yeah. of their life. I'm actually um, reading Dave Grohl's auto from Foo Fighters autobiography right now as part of a book club I'm in with other Avenged Sevenfold <gasps> Death Bats. And oh, it's okay. called. Fine. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's called it, the 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 name of the drummer is Brooks Wackerman, and our club is called Books Wackerman. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Dave Grohl did a. I think Lars Ulrich, 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 the drummer of Metallica, basically the founder of Metallica. He had either a radio show or some sort of podcast on Sirius, I think, and he interviewed Dave Grohl, and there there was a they put it up on YouTube. Um, it was one of my favorite interviews. I watched this a billion years ago, but it was one of my favorite interviews. They're, they're, they're really cool people. Yeah. It's really cool to see that they have full lives and get a taste of who they are. I think the discord thing about the, what's it called? The bat, what's death bats club, death bats, death bats club discord. That's so cool. Yeah. So the death bat is avenge sevenfolds logo. It is a, a mm-hmm. skull with bat wings, um, and uh, I don't know if it's always been their logo or if it's just since uh, Bat Country. Bat Country. And I have my own theories about where where the symbol comes from, but I I, I don't know. It's more of a theory. I don't know if it's really the case, but um, <laughs> uh, but what is it? Tell us. Oh, so um, I mean, so 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 Bat Country. So Bat Country is um, you know inspired by uh, Hunter Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and and uh, you know there's a line in there that says we we can't stop here. This is Bat Country. There's like bats all over the place, and I mean you see the the imagery more so in the movie than than in the book. Um, but I mean that song is is based on it, and it opens with the same quote that that the book opens with. Um, he who makes he a, beast, makes out of a himself, beast out of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Of being a man. Um, so that's that's where like the bat part comes from. But the the band, so they have two guitarists. One is right-handed and one is left-handed, and and they play oh. these dueling solos back to back, and it, it looks like they've got wings kind of um if you look at it a certain way with like the bat in the background um i don't know if that's where it came from but or with the skull in the back with the wings um Mm -hmm. that's my theory but i love either way it looks really cool they've had that logo at least since um city of evil i'm not sure if they had it before but they just like changed it for the new album because they did this um kind of collaboration with this artist wes lang um and so he made a new version of the death bat it's called the wes bat now because mm. um i don't know if it's a permanent change but it was a uh at least a temporary change but it's it's cool cool new take on it that is cool so they have a discord and do they do like 
live chats, like video chats and audio stuff, or is it mostly like forum like? It's uh, it's mostly forum like. It, it's mm-hmm. um, you know the the people who are very active in the Discord are, are other fans. Um, and they have events like they'll have like trivia, they'll have movie, they'll, like and, and there's like lots of different channels in there. Um, so like I'm in like the book club channel. Uh, there's like a running pe- people who run channel. There's uh, there's all sorts of things that like people have like side things. People make like merchandise. There's like a marketplace, and um, it's mostly Matt uh, M Shadows, the the, the mm-hmm. lead singer that is. Uh, you know, he'll be active from time to time. Any anytime anybody from the band says anything on the Discord, there's like a notification that like they're like someone from the band is active, and then you can jump and like chat with them. Um, Cute. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Not. I wouldn't say that there are too many uh, video chats, but you know, there's all sorts of uh, stuff they create for fans. Um, the first experience. That's really cool. uh, yeah, they had a party in New York. Um, last summer and I got to hang out with them there and, and meet them and, and they did one in California and they did like a big thing in Vegas um, and basically anybody who was in the club was able to attend these events and hang out with the band um, and and they're going to keep doing those types of things. It's really cool. That is cool. Can I ask what's the cost? Uh, it, the cost is the purchase of an NFT. Uh, so there's 10,000 death bats. Um, so they each have like unique attributes. Um, so on just like a, a surface level, like each each bat will be like a different color with different colored eyes, different color background, facial hair, hat, mm-hmm. whatever. And then some have like had like special properties. So like if you were part of the mint and you minted one of these like rare bats, um that could mean that like you get to go golfing with matt shadows you get to (laughs) get guitar lessons from sinister gates you get to uh you know hang out with you know like each so there were like a different perk for each band member um that was like one like special power there were other special powers that like you get like free concert tickets for life there were others that you get like um uh, like a like a care package, like every few months they just like send you free merchandise. Um, so there were like all these like special power bats. So they so right so now that it's post mint, you can only get these from the the secondhand marketplace. So I'm not sure what the cheapest bat is right now. I think I I paid um around two to three hundred dollars i don't remember exactly but it's basically a lifetime fan club yeah you know if you want to buy a bat with like these special powers like they cost a lot more money um but it's just what people want to sell and buy it for um and yeah i plan on keeping it forever (laughs) that is so cool i just like suddenly put on a marketing hat and thought what a way to engage your fans um really interesting access I forgot. I'm sorry I keep bringing Metallica up. I've just been in a Metallica mood for a sure. bit. So I've been watching all these things. And they have they have something like um, they have some sort of perk where you can get a ticket. You, you pay a lot, but you have a ticket at every performance on, on their tour. Okay. Um, and there are people that follow them around. Yes. So that's like a great deal for them. That's freaking cool. Like creating an opportunity for people to do the thing that they're already doing and feel yeah. rewarded for it. 
Very cool. Yeah, so Avenged Sevenfold does stuff like that also. So they, they keep trying to come up with ways to reward fans. So mm-hmm. this is like one way to reward like the diehard fans that want like access to the they, they want the fan club, they want access to the band. But then there are people who don't want to be part of NFT group. They don't want, um, you know, necessarily like to, to to be in this community, but they're going yeah. to shows, they're buying CDs, they're buying merchandise. So they created other ways. So right now, they, so they created something called Ticket Pass, um, and that's free. Anybody can get a Ticket Pass. And then if you go to a show, you get more points on your Ticket Pass. If you buy merchandise... Oh you get more points in your ticket pass. You get to redeem certain, like you get- So it's like like a rewards card. It's like a rewards card. And Mm -hmm. like every time they like have, so so for this concert, I I, I saw them in June. um, I got to buy tickets before the presale. Like before Mm -hmm. there was even a presale, there were tickets available for Death Club members only. There was no price gauging. Like the price was the price you could get. I don't know, up to four or up to six tickets um, before even the presale. So mm-hmm. there was, you know, unlimited availability and, you know, it was like a very smooth process, right? As soon as that sale, like as soon as like it w- went on presale, everything was already quadruple price because everything was sold right. out and already being resold. Yeah. So, um, so now, now they have like tiers. So if, so Death Bats Club is always going to be like the top tier. But if you're if you have ticket pass, you have a certain amount of points. Now you get to buy tickets after Death Bats Club before presale. So they keep coming up with ways to try to get fans more. So at the concert, it didn't work out so well. They're still smoothing things out. But anybody who's in the Death Bats Club gets to skip the line. You're not supposed to have to wait on line at the show. So stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's really cool. You mentioned, so I have to tell you, I did, I cheated a little bit. I asked my friend Joseph, who oh. we bo- we bonded over backcountry, uh, we, yeah, Avenged Sevenhold, Sevenhold a million years ago. And he would message me like throughout the years, he'd be like, did you hear the new album? And I'd be like, no, I'm really just like the one song girl. I don't, I don't follow them, but he would keep me in the loop. And he's given me some questions to ask. Okay. Um, so... Uh, we'll get to my questions too, interspersed. But um, the members you mentioned, you already mentioned Matt Shadows, M Shadow, yeah, Sinister Gates. Yeah, there's also Zacky V, Zacky Vengeance, Zacky Vengeance, and there's Brooks Wackerman. But Brooks replaced Rev. Yes, Jimmy the Rev Sullivan, who died. Um, while uh, their Nightmare album was being recorded, so. Um, mm-hmm. so he is part of the, the vocals and drumming on, on nightmare. But, um, uh, at that point they had to replace drummers. Yeah. And how did that, like, were you in it at that time? And how did the fandom react to that? It's huge in the fandom. I, I don't think I was like top fan at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was trying to remember the first time I, I saw them live, um, I was trying to figure out whether it was still Jimmy or or not, and I think it was already the Nightmare Tour, so I think he was already passed. Mm-hmm. Um, they had um 
Mike Portnoy for a bit, and they had this guy Aaron something for a bit before they um, had um, Brooks. Brooks as as like an official uh, member of the band. Um, but yeah, everybody looks up to the Rev. Everybody has like forever tattoos. Like that's like the like the top oh. tattoo amongst because it like forever yeah um and uh yeah he he died from an overdose um i don't think it was purposeful uh, i i don't really know um yeah but uh yeah there's a song on nightmare called uh fiction that's basically uh he he wrote that song no he wrote it he wrote it he wrote it and and like his vocals are on it um and it was like just a few days before he died and that is like about him dying and then like it's like a really um creepy song in that way but um yeah everybody looked up to the rev he was like a very like an amazing drummer and uh foundational member of the band and wrote a lot of the band's music um, and did backing vocals. So, like, he was, like, an important member of the band. Um, thankfully, they decided to continue because they, they, they thought about breaking up at that point. Um, wow. But um, I'm, I'm happy they, they continued. Yeah. Do you know this happens with so many bands? And, I I, I mean, can we, like not blame it but can we explain it from the drug like rock and roll lifestyle like this this is kind of a common occurrence i feel like um it is um you know rock and roll people live hard and fast lives yeah um they they take a lot of risks uh you know, sometimes, um, you know, money, fame, drugs can get to your head. I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, really attribute anything to the Rev because I, I don't really know. Seems yeah. like a nice guy. I, I, like, I just, just from, like, watching the Avenged Sevenfold, the self-titled album, which is the, like, the last album he was fully on and, and performed and toured and everything, that documentary of, of how they made all the songs, and he just seemed like... Uh, kind of like a goofball like always like <laughs> like cracking jokes and and that kind of thing um and, and everybody loved him but yeah it, it it is sad that this thing uh seems to happen pretty frequently um i think that uh genius and crazy go hand in hand i don't think that like uh a non-crazy genius exists and <laughs> you know unfortunately you know it manifests in, in different ways i mean uh, you know, through depression or addiction, like these things are, are very common. Um, you know, if we were just talking about food fighters, like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard. I, I mean, look at Kanye West, like there's no such thing as, as genius without crazy. Like, I think that, um, to be the type of person that is creative, that is, Absolutely. you know, breaking, uh, you know, thinking outside the box and, and breaking But norms. also sharing such personal things yeah, and performing it over and over and over, like exposing yourself to, if you, I think if you want to, I, I used to think this and I, I still believe it. If you want to create good art, you have to have some sort of challenge in your life. Like, yeah. I don't think we can write, unless you're like, a, I don't know, I don't know, a kid's TV show person but like right you can't write happy songs all the time and make them be good like 
you need to have some struggle in yes. art in order for there to be a journey and something relatable. And rock, I think more than any genre really, goes into the toughest subjects mm-hmm. and performs them with a passion that releases that. Like I, I, I was watching this at the at the concert I went to. They're so I really think like rock is a type of therapy and it ends up being more for men, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real release because we're not supposed to be angry or we're not supposed to show it. We're not supposed to be, you know, like there's certain like strong emotions we're not really supposed to display in public, but the outlet is music and the music is rock. And at the concert, everyone gets to do it together and it's like this big release. Mm-hmm. And so these people who create it have to have some difficult stuff and they're reliving it every time they perform it. Mm. I think there's something there. I think, I, I don't know how they do it. Like even yeah. like Adele, I mean, yeah, even, she sings even now, sad songs, but. Like there's so many songs that the band has written that are tributes to Jimmy and, you know, they usually perform it, at least one or two of them. They're basically reliving it every, every night, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And they can't phone it in. Like they ha- they have to feel it. They have to yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. Uh, it seems like you brought this up. Like a lot of bands have some some kind of a similar story with with one of their members. Yeah. Um. So, backcountry was kind of your your lead in. Backcountry was my lead in. You know, followed very closely by Seize the Day and Beast and the Harlot. That whole uh, City of Evil album. Yeah. And how did you discover them? Was it the radio? Was it TV? What was it? I don't think they played them on the radio, or at least I didn't know about it. K Rock? I, I don't know if it was. It was a K. It could have been K Rock. I remember hearing it in my friend's car. I don't know if it was mm. K Rock or he. It was just playing it from his iPod or whatever. Um, I definitely heard it in my friend's car. Um, and I'm not sure if it was on. Uh, if I heard it on K Rock or not. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so, it, it drew me in that it, it, it was like the coolest song I ever heard. <laughs> and the solo was the most amazing solo I had ever heard ever. And it's so amazing. And I would go on YouTube and just watch every live performance I could find and just skip to the solo part and just watch it. And like... I watched every single live performance of that solo <laughs> that was around at that time. <laughs> yeah, that and it's kind of a long one. Yes. Yes, and I know that because it's one of the songs 19-year-old has asked covered on my YouTube at the time. Nice. And and it got it was pretty popular. <laughs> it's my <laughs> most popular cover because I think it was like this like sweet girl singing about being a beast and a man and Yes. um yeah, and I, I do I love know what that do. genre. Literally, what? I love that genre of sweet girls singing that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's a girl on YouTube called Violet Orlandi who I discovered, okay. um, and uh, and she's amazing. At the time, her songs were mostly Marilyn Manson covers. She's since oh uh, covered a million other things, um, and and she removed, I think, a lot of the Manson covers after the allegations came out. Mm. It was unfortunate, you know. I'm very big on separating art from artist, and I don't think yeah. that if somebody is an asshole, we should deprive ourselves of art, you know. And 
he was obviously an asshole even before the allegations like it's not that hard to imagine I yeah. like supporting the people who are good like I love supporting Avenged Sevenfold you know but like I'm not gonna not listen to Marilyn Manson just because I think he's a bad well I'm not gonna deprive myself of good music yeah it's hard it's a hard one but uh, if we believe in the death of the author then we should be able to separate that so yeah but yeah, but but her channel was was very good, and and she did collaborations with other other channels. That, so I f- there's a lot of people in that genre. Of, okay. And it's it's a good one. Yeah, I miss it. I miss I miss doing that kind of stuff. I lo- I love this kind of music, and it's fun to sing it. Um, cool. So that drew you into it. that that hooked you in, and then you were just following them. Like next album, you were on it. Um, not sure. You know, like, I, I don't know if I was listening to the entire album. Um, at the time, my, my favorite artists were, um, System of a Down, uh, Linkin Park. You know, they have a uh, very System of a Downy song yes, on your playlist. Yes, they do. So, so. I was actually Googling, like, if they're in that. Like, it was so System Game of over Down. on, on Liebad is, is very System of a Down. They, it, it's interesting because on Liebad, on every song, you can say like, "Okay, this this sounds like System of a Down. This sounds like Daft Punk. This sounds like uh, you know Get Lucky, whoever whoever that is. Uh, uh, you know, and and this sounds like Frank Sinatra. There's really like a lot of soundalikes on that album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, and I think that's what they were going for. But I, I think that uh, they did a good job with it. But you're right, it does sound a lot like System of a Down for sure. <laughs> Um, Sorry, you were saying the bands you liked. Oh uh, yeah, Eminem and Ludacris and um, like Avenged Sevenfold. Like I, I like them, but like I I don't know if I was listening to their full albums as of yet. Like I knew mm-hmm. every single word to every Eminem song. I knew every single word to every System of a Down song. Like I I did wow. not know Avenged Sevenfold the same way. Um, and I think Do it, you know. Um no. I, I don't know lyrics as much as I used to. Like they're, um, in a way, I do, but um, I like it, there was something weird about like how well I knew, uh, uh, you know, Eminem, Ludacris, System of a Down, and Lincoln Park. It was just like in my head, like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think it was until they came out with a little piece of heaven on their self-titled album. Um, mm-hmm that then I, I I think I, I'm not really sure, but I think it was at that point that I started listening to all their albums. <laughs> and do you have a favorite and a least favorite album? Yeah. It's a tough one. Um, I think easily the stage is my favorite album, but, but life is but a dream is too new to rate and it might catch up. It might surpass, but I think so f- as, at the moment, the stage is still safely, um, my favorite. Is um, it because it's so weird? No, I think it's it's so it's so deep. It's just it hits straight to my soul. Um, oh. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's something about it that it took me several listens to get into. It it took me putting it away for a while because you know I, I kind of go through phases of like like what am I listening to? You know. Um, you know, lately it's been, you know, switching off Arctic Monkeys, Avenged Sevenfold, back and forth kind of. And now it's like solidly Avenged Sevenfold. But like, um, 
it, yeah, so so the stage, I think it came out in like 2016 or so. And then they didn't have an album out. Like their new album just came out this past right, it was like May seven years, or June. Right? Yeah. So um and then they so they started the Discord, you know, to a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know what it was, but like, I, cause, so I was listening a lot to Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by Arctic Monkeys, which is their weird album and until their <laughs> latest album, which is even weirder. I still haven't even got into their, their new album yet, but they're, I, I love that album. And, and so, um, at some point, like the stage, even though it came out in 2016, was almost like a brand new album to me in like 2020 or 2021. Isn't that the best? Yeah, because I was yeah. like, oh yeah, they don't, they haven't put out music in a while, but this feels brand new because I never <laughs> listened to it from start to finish, you know, in this way a- after having like evolved in like a lot of different ways intellectually that I just was in a better place to fully appreciate it. What are some of the themes? existentialism ai god uh you know just like what the what's the our place in the world um uh a lot of like simulation theory a lot of philosophy um psychedelics it's just like all stuff i was exploring myself (laughs) and just like yeah i have to tell you during during my homework, I literally felt like an old man at one point because I'm like, what is this noise? There was a song <laughs> that was 16 minutes long. Yes, and it's the theme song for this podcast. I know. <laughs> at the beginning, I was like, oh, I know this. And I'm like, oh, wow, it is going. Yes. Um, quite long. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. really cool. It is. Um, so you're referring to exist on, on the stage. Um, yes. It is like over 15 minutes long uh it's supposed to be a musical interpretation of existence and evolution of life on earth starting from the big bang so it starts off like kind of very like ethereal then it gets very loud very fast and there's no vocals until like seven minutes in which is supposed to like represent when life starts on earth oh and then the lyrics are amazing Sailing away beyond the reach of anyone. And he goes, does anybody know? That's why it's the theme song. Because he does, does anybody know? And then the next part he says, does anybody care? Um, and uh, and so that's why uh, that's why I chose it. Because uh, it fits with the theme of the podcast very much. <laughs> it's a little behind the scenes on the podcast about the podcast. Yes. Yes. I like that. So you didn't mention least. Is there one that's like, ah, I won't listen to this again right now? Um. Well, the um, I, I I think that, and a lot of people will give me shit, like the hardcore fans. But their first two albums, um, I guess I, I would probably say their first album is my least favorite. I still like songs on it, but it's just not my go-to. It's not my preferred musical style. Um, They've but, evolved so much since. Yeah, there's a lot of good songs on it, and uh, you know, you know, I've come to like it over time. Um, but it, it's not my favorite. And I think that my, um, like if you had asked me this, um, you know, a year ago, I might've said hail to the King is my least favorite album, but I, you know, I kind of take that back hail to the King 
the the singles are probably my least favorite songs that they made. Um, but those songs. Tell me more. What what was it like? What was the musical style and what were the themes? Um, it, so the, the the songs that were singles from from that album were very derivative and like a little cliche. And uh, like, for example, you mentioned This Means War. That's a straight yeah. up Metallica ripoff. It's like <laughs> exactly, whatchamacallit, like <laughs> um, uh, hey, hey, I'm your life. What? Uh, sad but true. That song is yeah. literally sad but true, um, which is fine. But like, you know, you know, so so there, this, those songs that they released as singles from that album which are great because they attract a lot of people to the band that hadn't known them before and whatever. Uh, to me, they just were a little bit generic. Um, but there are a lot of amazing songs on that album. Like, uh, you know, the entire second half of that album is pretty good. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Joseph asks, which song of theirs do you feel is the most compl- their most complex composition and impresses you the most, and we don't have to keep it to one. You can talk. We can talk about a few. Um, I think I'll go with "Exist" because that mm-hmm. is just such a, a genius composition. I think that at one point I would have answered a little piece of heaven. Um, it is very impressive. I, I, all of their songs happen to be very well composed. Um, you know, different levels of complexity. They all have, you know, several choruses several uh verses several bridges several solos and they're all kind of structured in complex ways and and they can be different certainly on on life is but a dream album like some songs have like three or four different genres in the same song it's in a song wow um so you know there's a lot of different complexities and i think their composition is amazing and and this is why I've wanted them to write a musical because I think that they could easily transform their songs into musicals. And, and I think A Little Piece of Heaven is a, a very good example of that because it sounds very like musical-y. Um, but they have plenty of songs with, you know, uh, full orchestrated sections and, uh, you know, cor- chorus sections. Um, they could do it. I did, I did tell Matt um, that he should <laughs> do it. He kind of brushed me off, but, you know... The album, the new album's out. Now you can focus on the new project. I think they could be the first. They've been the, f- the first to a million other things. But yeah, so I'll say uh, Exist. I'll say Save Me, which is a song on, on Nightmare um, that has like a, a lot of different parts to it. Pretty well composed. When you say different parts, when we talk about like a traditional song on the radio, there's first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus. And... The verses and choruses pretty much stay the same, but they might amp up or tweak a little bit as the song goes on. The bridge is completely different, and the last chorus is maybe like the most bombastic, yeah, or like energetic. Maybe repeats itself a little bit more. Maybe some like actual music solo or amp up. In these songs, are you saying that the verses and choruses are really different? Um, yeah, yeah, they could be. And a really good example is is God on Life is But a Dream. So there's a mm-hmm. song G and then Ordinary and then Death. What's up with that, by the way? With the weird, the interesting spelling of God and Ordinary. And there's another one with a D, right? It's, or it's, does it it's, not have yeah. the... It's G, Ordinary, and Death. So the so so altogether, mm-hmm. they're, they're supposed to be a trilogy. 
Um, and th this is like a genius composition. There are three different songs in three different styles from three different perspectives. Um, and, and they're, they're telling a story. Um, so Gia is from the perspective of God. He mm -hmm. creates the world and then deletes the world. And, and it ends with when robot and then O for ordinary is the perspective of that robot. So, so the whole thing is a metaphor for artificial intelligence and, and God and creation and, you know, self. And so this, so the first, so in ordinary, like it's in that Daft Punk robot voice because yes. it is a, a robot and the That's robot is asking its creator for a soul, for control. He wants to have feelings. And then it goes to death. Um, and that is told from the point of view of a human. But I think it's actually the robot who is given consciousness. Now the robot is human because like, I mean, that's ultimately the difference, right? Between artificial intelligence um, and then, but then, you know, he thinks life is fake. Life is but a dream. There's, these are all themes on the album that, you know, it, you know, he's living in a Mattel Truman show, Wizard of Oz, <laughs> Matrix world, and he ends up jumping off a building. And basically this trilogy is Westworld, which I, I for, uh, you know, Parallel is probably the most genius show ever written, even though at one point I hated it. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I, lots of big themes. I haven't heard them like reference Westworld as a reference, but like this album, Life is But a Dream, is like asks the same questions that Westworld asks. In in you basically know, the rock companion to the show. Yeah. You know, I have to ask, so, we, you know, we're in a book club together, we're in a music club together, you also have some other discussion groups that you're in, and that you run. When you listen to these songs, because you're part of the fandom, you're really into it, when you listen to them, first try, without any knowledge, do you get these themes, you get the story, or did you hear about the connections in the story and think, I love it, it's awesome, I see it? Um, both. So, some things are, are more obvious. Um, mm -hmm. so like, so on this album, there's a lot of, of stuff that you really have to think about. Um, I would say Mattel is easy. Like it's in the name, you know, it's yes. like the dark side of Barbie girl. Um, like that's, that's easy. Like there's a lot of references to wizard of Oz, Truman show, like that, that stuff is obvious. Um, the, the God one took a lot, a little bit of listening. Like, okay, I get like the when robot. Now it's a robot. How are these tied together? I wasn't sure about that. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, but but I, I think that that um, makes sense. The um, like the exist the stage. I had no idea. I had to look that up. He said that in an interview because otherwise, like, I mean, it's a really cool song. But I don't know why it's fifteen minutes long. What it means? Uh, yeah. yeah. So that that I had to find. Like he he mentioned that in an interview, and then like it, like that that song in includes. Neil deGrasse Tyson for like two minutes just speaking <laughs> <laughs> is like telling you about the cosmic perspective on the universe. It's like, what, what, who has Neil deGrasse Tyson just talking for two minutes on a song? It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask when you listen to music, what, what do you pay attention to first? Lyrics, like beat, the sound, um, singing style, like singing style, like the vocals. 
what what draws you in first yeah it's a it's a good question i don't know if it's always the same answer um i think it's like what grabs me first um like there are there are some songs so like for example if i listen to rap music you know you you hear the beat first but it's usually it's about the lyrics for the most part mm-hmm. um when i'm listening but i guess my question is with the lyrics do you care if they don't make sense or do you enjoy the sound do you know what i'm saying like sometimes i'll sing yeah. a song and i don't know i don't know what they're saying but it's so fun to sing and it so, matches so well with the beat i don't really care i think it depends on what you mean by if if the lyrics what wh- what did you say if the lyrics made sense? Makes sense. I think it depends what you mean by that because, like th- like there are things that are metaphorical and I, I don't know the meaning behind them. I don't have a problem. The intended with that. meaning, yeah. If I do have an issue if the lyrics don't make sense in that, like I'm listening to a song and I I think they used the wrong lyrics. Like I think if they used a different word, it would have been better. Like mm. they're like I I forget what what rapper. I I don't even remember this I, the song, but then I don't know. I forget. He says like girls from different races or something. Like why doesn't he say girls from different nations? It's a better rhyme. Like it, it like oh. so like <laughs> I have issues if they say the wrong thing, but I don't have issues if I don't understand it. I'm very I like when I don't understand it because that means there's like a deeper meaning and I like to learn it mm-hmm. what it is and try to figure it out. Yeah, I get that. Like Florence the Machine, some of her songs, I'm not exactly sure what she's talking about, but I like to create a story around it myself. Yeah. Um, that's kind of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of songs that I create my own meaning. I mean, every song. And sometimes right. it is in accordance with what the artist intended. And sometimes sometimes it's not even the right words. It's, I just heard what I thought they were saying. And it meant it meant something really meaningful to me, and it wasn't even the right words, you know. <laughs> but but that's what's cool. <laughs> it all worked out. So so what are okay? So we talked about some of the topics they they talk about. What do you think's next? Like where are they going to go from here? Both both in theme like theme, thematic and meaning and and the style. It's a good question. I mean, they could really go anywhere. They've been talking about like doing music differently for a long time um and differently how just the fact that they want to explore yeah well they're saying like you know you know albums were made a certain way because of limitations on on the medium and and now like things are digital there's no real limitations like you could do things um you know with different mediums you can do things um you know things don't have to be a certain length they don't have to be you know specific albums like so they they are looking to to change things up i don't know exactly how but um but i i think they're they're trying to revolutionize music in certain ways um and i don't know what that will look like cuz i mean life is but a dream was like a traditional album in that like it, it was um you know like a regular album length they released it on regular you know streaming platforms and and uh uh you know cds and, and they, like actually they pushed vinyl a lot i guess vinyls like coming back now they had like different colored vinyls yeah um but um yeah i'm not sure uh, actually the story of of like how they released this album was was crazy 
Um, I've never seen that before. So I think they're trying to do stuff like that. Um, It it was basically like a color war breakout. Um, They... (laughs) Um, what happened was, um, this was earlier this year. Um, they, they were scheduled to perform at two festivals. Everyone knew the album was coming sometime this year and that there would be an mm-hmm. actual tour at some point. But at that, at that point they were only scheduled to, uh, for a couple of festivals cause the album wasn't out yet. Um, and then all of a sudden they they put out that they canceled uh, their oh. performances at those shows. And then they have a podcast called Tracks and the podcast put out a recording of Matt Shadows saying like, sorry, we had to cancel the shows, whatever. And then Matt Shadows on Twitter said, what the fuck? Um, that wasn't me. Like they AI'd my voice. Someone hacked into all our accounts. We can't access any of our stuff right now. Rest assured our performances aren't canceled, whatever. And on the discord, they like made an announcement. They're like, we're looking into what's going on. Don't worry. We're looking into it. And like all the band members on Twitter were, were, were just like, you know, our, our accounts were hacked, like whatever. Right. Right. Um, then on Reddit, this guy had um, uh, a screenshot of like someone in someone's like account open. He was basically saying like I hacked their account, and his username was Liebad five three four three. I um, see. And then the entire Discord went into like egg hunting mode, and <laughs> they they like found out everything about this guy somehow like there was a, a release of, of like some website um they, what were the numbers again five three four three that's not a date yeah i don't know what the numbers ended up being but the uh but lie bad was the name of the album but the um uh so um, this website, which looked like it was like a website from like the early nineties that would give you a virus. Um, like you would click on stuff, there were like pop-ups and mm-hmm. there's like a document on the discord of these people for 24 hours for about two weeks were combing through every possible thing to look for clues. There was some movie theater that said on it, showing tonight lie bad five three and someone took a picture they were going to places to look for things it was crazy it, this was like That's a so massive fun. treasure hunt um that somehow turned into like people like minting things that and that eventually that turned into the album and then they released the album but like it was crazy like i've never seen anything like it um and it was such a fun way to release an album <laughs> That is really fun. Did you participate in any of the sleuthing? I wish. Like, I, I didn't have time to, like, um, to figure out, like, how to mint things and, and go through everything. Like, I was, like, doing it. I was following along with the story, but I didn't find any of the clues or, like, figure anything out, really. But I was just, like, watching. Like, this was, like, the fast. They had to put the chat on slow mode many times cause because it, kept- it was going so fast. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. That is so funny. That reminds me of like when Twitter used to be more popular and you would watch a show and everyone would be talking about it at the same time and like the feed would go a little crazy. Uh, Those are the days. (laughs) 
So yeah, you talked it was really about. Cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it was really cool. The, the Libad hunt. That does sound really cool. I miss being like such a big fan of something that has this kind of excitement. I can't even think like what it would be for me. That Harry Potter, but like... before like the series was complete. That's the thing right. about Avenged Sevenfold is it's not complete. They're going to continue putting stuff out. So that's why it's still exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. I mean, Taylor Swift's got that going on with her yeah. fans. She does a lot of Easter eggs, right? She's very, she's, she has the pulse on this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. She, cause when she released Midnight's, she did all these things with the numbers, like the number 13, and she did all these things. And, and before 1989, so on August 9th, she announced the re-release of her album, 1989. Uh -huh. So she's very good at that kind of stuff, and her fans are so clued into her. They're like, look at her nail polish, look at what she's wearing, it's these colors, it's this date, like, they really got it. And she plays with them, like, it's, like, nice, like... She, she gives them what they want and she helps them along. Um, it's cool. Awesome. I wanted to ask about, I read, I did a little Googling that Matt Shadows had surgery and that, did his voice change like after the surgery or did he stop yeah. singing a certain? So, so his, uh, the last time I was supposed to see them before June, um, was, uh, on the stage tour, um, five years ago and the show got canceled because he had blood in his vocal cords and he had to get surgery, Whoa. which uh, which happens a lot. Like I, I know, like David Draymond from Disturbed. Like I feel like he's getting like vocal surgery every other year. Um, yeah, because these these people really sing their hearts out <laughs> and like and have like a lot of harsh vocals and it could be damaging if you don't do it right i don't know if that's why he sang differently on life is but a dream but he did say he was employing a different singing technique yeah okay did you so you did notice it a little bit yeah it's definitely noticeable um it's interesting because like um it there was something different about his voice. Um, but w when you listen to the album as a whole, like it kind of made sense, but the first single they released from the album, nobody, it was like pretty different. Cause, uh, so it was very noticeable, but now that it's been out for a while, I think it's less noticeable. So I know that you like rap yeah. and I'm sure that you dabble in many other styles is the thing that draws you to music more of the meaning because rap is so lyrically based the way we're talking about event sevenfold right now it's, it's meaningful for you in the themes and the lyrics is that what draws you to the music you love um yeah it's a big part of it um i like the like the melodies and and the um um you know like the emotion behind it and and all of that there, there's really like a lot behind it it's it's just like the mixture of everything that makes it um the thing that that i keep coming back to and um so the meaning is probably the differentiating factor in what mm -hmm. makes it the best but there's other things that i find less meaningful that i still enjoy they're just not okay. like my favorite i see so as uh, my friend Joe says, uh, we're nearing the end of our time together. Um, one, before I ask your typical question, is there anything you really wanted to talk about that I didn't bring up? Um, 
I'm not sure. I mean, I I just <laughs> like I love them a lot, and um, the I I think that like we were talking about like meaning, and, and I think their songs have have always been meaningful, but they're doing it more consciously. I think you, on the stage and life is but a dream. Like they're really, and, and they're doing it in a way that is not. Um, like on the nose, like like it is very poetic. It's not like I'm not like preachy. just listening. Yeah, it's not preachy. It's not like I'm not listening to them just read a, a philosophy book to me. They're really <laughs> no, but they're interpreting it musically in a way that's like very yeah. compelling. That's very cool. I was gonna ask, what are their stage shows like? Awesome. So the like I've only ever seen them from very far away until I saw them in June. In, mm-hmm. in the pit and it, they were so good ah. they were so good um they've they really changed their stage show for for this show like their previous tours had like a lot of pyrotechnics a lot of like um like people like hanging from nooses or just like uh, oh, wow. like skeletons walking around like whatever this was like a very yeah. clean stage with like a, a projection but like a very like cool projection that like went very well with each of the songs. It was cool. It was it was nicely done. Um, the only th- annoying thing was that the uh, the drummer was like all the way in the back. Like I I I didn't see him at all from where I was. Um, but it was cool seeing everyone else from close up. That is very cool. Okay, so our final question is: um, What's something you'd like everyone to know about Event Sevenfold? think Avenged Sevenfold is the most innovative band out there. They're going to continue making music in new and evolved ways. They were the first to do a lot of things. They're the first to, you know, the NFT, Web3, Metaverse space. Um, They're going to continue releasing music in different ways. Um, Whatever they do, I'm here for it. And if you want to get into a band that not only has an incredible back catalog, and continues to make exciting new stuff, I recommend Avenged Sevenfold all the way. Thanks, Joe. Now I know. Thank you so much, Joe. Now you, now you know. You have to say now you know. Oh, oh, now you know. Now I know. You say. No, now I know. <laughs>